This is the How'd You Get Into That Podcast with Grant Baldwin, episode 43. Welcome to the How Did You Get Into That Podcast. Each week, we want to bring you an inspiring interview or encouraging message to help you find and do work you love. Now, here's your host, Grant Baldwin. What is up, my friends? Welcome to episode 43 of the How'd You Get Into That Podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a uh, great week so far. Hope you had a great weekend. And I uh, hope life is just treating you really, really good. Today, we've got a, a great, great episode with my friend Pam Slim. Pam is a, uh, an author, a speaker, and uh, does a lot with something similar to what we're doing, just helping people figure out what it is that they want to do with life and, and finding just that ideal fit for them. So she's done a lot with helping like, cubicle dwellers escape from that. In fact, she's got a book called Escape from Cubicle Nation and uh, help those people just find work that they love. But at the same time, she's also... I've done a lot of work with just helping people who are in cubicle land find work that they love in cubicle land. And there's nothing wrong with with, uh, being an employee, nothing wrong with working for a company. You don't have to be an entrepreneur just to find work you love. There's plenty of people that work for great companies doing great work and absolutely love what they do. And so we spend a lot of time talking about both being an entrepreneur and being an employee and uh, a lot of her work and how she's helped people make the transition to to both. So uh, let's get into it. Let's enjoy the knowledge biscuits from my friend Pam Slim. Here we go. All right, greetings. Welcome to another episode of How'd You Get Into That? Today we are joined by Pam Slim, who is a award-winning author, business coach, speaker, and just all-around good gal. Pam, how are you today? I am doing great. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. So for people that aren't familiar with, uh, with what you do, give us a, a snapshot of your business today. Today, my business is really about helping people to be successful in the new world of work. It's kind of the way I I sum it up. And so that is a combination of writing books that are going to be helpful to people, right, for kind of understanding frameworks for how they can manage their career in this crazy, uncertain economy and working directly with people sometimes, right, to build their business and build their body of work and then working with companies that are wanting to I think really create a new way of working so that we are really focused on leveraging the strengths of our employees and creating the kind of world where we have just a lot more cross-pollination between people that are in the world of entrepreneurship and people that are working in companies and nonprofits and all of that. Beautiful. And I think that's uh, part of what resonates well with with your message and what we're doing is at the end of the day, we, we hope we can both help people find and do work they love, whether that be for a company or whether that be starting your own business. And there's pros and cons with, with both ways. But at the end of the day, we, we both know and have met so many people that are doing something that they hate and they just live life where it's, thank God it's Friday to, oh God, it's Monday. And it's like, we all got one, one shot at this thing called life. So if we all got to work, we all got to make a living. I'd rather do something that I enjoy. And I think obviously you, you do as well. So let's backtrack a little bit and kind of walk through your story and journey of how you got into what you're doing today. So growing up, what was it that you wanted to do? What was it you aspired to? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think for me, it was always about teaching because my grandmother was a first grade teacher and my mom was a teacher. She just taught for a year or so before she stayed home to take care of us kiddos. But I remember actually in first grade that I was asked to go read to the kindergartners and I was so excited about it, you know, like (laughs) going into the room with the book and having everybody gather around. And so that, that was just, so, you know, sometimes we have the frame of reference, right? Whatever it is that you see around you is often what you want to do. But interestingly, that has been something that is absolutely and completely been a thread in, in how it is that my own career developed. 
So even as a kid, did you always just feel like teaching is just kind of the, the path of least resistance? This is something that, that's fun. I enjoy it. Were you always just thinking like a, a traditional teacher is kind of the, the path of travel you were on? I didn't know. You know, I've, all, I've just always had a bit of a, maybe a little bit of a different approach to my career. And I think a lot of that is just due to who my parents are, where they were just very, very encouraging of creativity and exploration. And they weren't uh, the type of parents that were trying to force me to choose, right? For example, you know, like, so what do you want to do? And what's your path? And, you know, where are you going to go to school? I I was always working really hard. I worked since the age of 12. My parents divorced when I was five. And so, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. My mom worked really hard as a single mom. So all of us, me and my sister, and my brother all went to work at an early age. My first job was washing dishes at Swenson's Ice Cream Parlor in San Anselmo. Nice. And I, I proudly say that I, by the age of 14, I was the only person to be employee of the month twice. So I hope you. you're a little bit in awe of that experience. <laughs> but I moved up to assistant manager at 14. I don't think I was even legally allowed to work at that point. But you know, the laws were a little bit you know easier back then in the 70s. So, so you know, I was always working and just you know enjoying exploring and creating and reading. And then really, what I think for me was a huge seminal moment was I was an exchange student to Switzerland my senior year of high school, and wow. that experience really just blew open my world, literally and figuratively. You know, I met people from all over the world. Switzerland's a very international place. I was immersed in speaking French all the time and just, you know, being in a whole different kind of experience. And that was something I think that just really threw open a lot of possibilities. Because even as I think about it now, as I said, we didn't have a lot of money at all growing up. And it was just it's a very extravagant thing to imagine that I would be able to go and live somewhere else in Europe for a whole year, right? You know, my mom, you know, it just wanted to support me in what I was doing, but that we didn't really have any idea how we could make it happen. So I just kind of got that, I guess it was that early entrepreneurial zeal, right? Like, I know that I need to do this, and this is what I want to do, and somehow I'm going to make it happen. And I just, you know, finagled and got scholarships and, and made it happen. And I think that experience is one that just led me on this path of, of really just moving from one adventure to the next. I've worked with so many thousands of people over the last 20 years and careers, and we all have our stuff, right? Some people are always trying to figure out what's that thing that you want to do. You know, other people will figure out how can I make sure I really get as much money as I need and want and I don't sabotage myself, you know, or how do I manage a work-life balance? There's always the kinds of issues that people struggle with. For me, I never had the issue of being concerned in the least bit about what it is that my career path was. I just always was interested in whatever was the next thing. Notice that there's about five to seven year periods of time in which I focus on something, right? And then when I get to the end of that period, that new frontier emerges and I get excited and I move toward it. So that's just been my own personal path. Believe me, I have my own other things <laughs> like everybody else, right? That have been my personal development moments. But knowing what I wanted to do and going after it has never been an issue for me. Very cool. Well, you said several th things there I want to touch on. One, let's talk about uh, Switzerland because obviously it sounds like that was such a, a catalyst moment for you. What was it about the experience over there that was just so game-changing? I think being in a, in a place where all of a sudden I was able to see home, my home, my own you know, family and, and my literal home from a different perspective of being inside a different family and really just appreciating and recognizing what it is that I had. I've always loved my family and, and we've gotten along and all of that. But 
there's, I think it was Anais Nin said a quote that I actually wrote down when I was in Switzerland as an exchange student that we don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. And before I had left my home in my home country, I wasn't able to view it from an objective perspective. All of a sudden, you have this experience of being the other. You know, even though I was in Europe, and clearly there, there were some similarities between the U.S. and Europe, but it was enough different to where all of a sudden I really had that objective sense of who I was, and I was able to look at my experience with a critical eye, and I was, be, I was able to, to really understand who I was by virtue of feeling so different amongst my peers, you know, based on how it is that they had grown up. And then, as I said, it exposed me to the rest of the world where I met a dear friend from Ghana and one from Venezuela. And just so I I learned so many things during that year about the rest of the world when I had been really isolated uh, growing up where I did in in, uh, San Anselmo, California in the Bay Area. It's always interesting when you take yourself out of your comfort zone and what you know is normal and traditional and you you just you live in a totally different space or place for a piece a, a season or a period of time it just it opens your eyes to this whole other world of possibilities and and options that are available to you that you just you know seemingly weeks or months before you just didn't even know existed. It's really true. And it, it led me on a quest that I ended up spending two more years abroad. One was in Mexico, my sophomore year of college, and then one was in uh, Colombia and in Bogota, my senior year of college. And it just, yeah, it, it really just gave me that experience of, of adventure and chasing after things that were unique and different. And it really shaped my entire worldview, I think, about the way that I see the world and the way that I interact with the world. And yeah, so it's just, a, I'm, I'm really glad that I made that decision. That was in the midst of making really poor decisions in other parts of my life. So it's just great when you it can look back. It all balances and, out at God, the end. that was awesome. <laughs> all right. So you're wrapping up Switzerland and it sounds like you do a couple other semesters, other places. You're just living this life of adventure. Are you kind of feeling like, all right, at some point the, the, the fun train is coming to an end and I've got to put on my grown up pants or something? Are you feeling like, no, no, I can continue to live this life of adventure? Because it seems like there's a lot of people that we talk to and the people that we know that just feel like, okay, at some point I have to grow up and I have to go get my traditional job and I, and I'm supposed to just start working and work is supposed to be miserable. And, but it seems like for you, like, no, no, I want to continue enjoying life and living this life of adventure. And I want that to carry over into my work. Is that kind of what happened for you? Yeah, as I said, I and I, I really credit my parents for this. I never had that pressure. I never had the expectation that I should do something that was just, you know, traditional. Given in, in, in many ways, I was kind of older than my age always, right? I was always kind of looking at having that responsibility of, you know, enjoying work and wanting to do something that was meaningful. The turning point, I think, that that changed a bit the direction and focus of my career was in being in Latin America and being in uh, Colombia, especially, and working on the ground my senior year of college in a, in a development project. I was an international service and development major with a focus on non-formal education in Latin America. And so I just began to really critically look at what was the role of an expatriate in development? And it became so crystal clear to me that the people that I was working with were so much more capable of actually solving their own problems than I was. You know, I was having a great time. I totally enjoyed it. But I was really, as a whatever, 20-year-old kid, not (laughs) bringing exceptional value into understanding how they could change their lives. And so 
I really saw and, and I got a passion for understanding how to support grassroots change, right? Where are places in which I can be doing work that's going to be impacting the environment that I know and that I impact, which is really home. So that, you know, set me off on a 10-year journey on uh, training capoeira, the Afro-Brazilian martial art. I was a volunteer executive director and I created youth programs and worked with a lot of youth actually from Latin America, from Central America and Mexico and Latin America originally, where I felt like I was able to help them adjust and understand my own country and and do things there, which felt like I was really using my skills in a way that was much more based on my strengths. And then it also got me into a lifelong obsession and interest in in growth and development, right? Learning and development. I went through corporate training and development, which I really loved, understanding more the whole field of how people can learn and grow in their careers. It brought me into the field of personal development. I got trained as a life coach with Martha Beck, who's a really well-known, amazing life coach who does a lot of work with Oprah. It just really expanded my my horizon by being interested in how it is that people grow and develop. And a lot of the roots that I see that I still to this day am so impassioned about are how can we make positive change? Like no matter what our situation is, how can we really work to create a positive change, right? To make something that's really going to be a positive difference. And I think the other thing that I didn't really expect, but now that I've seen over the years that's really been building is in doing community building, that's that's really a, would have been a, a lot of my journey has been in the last nine years that I mm-hmm. worked when I, I built my site Escape from Cubicle Nation and you know I, prior to that I was a consultant to companies for about ten years working inside companies I found a bunch of people who wanted to leave and start a business so that kind of piqued my interest to focus in that area so for nine years you know I helped people to do that. And then, you know, now I'm kind of taking that next step where I'm, I'm kind of looping back around to be more inclusive of everybody, right? Saying, what's that shared experience that we have? So all the people who I've been working with that are really happy entrepreneurs, how can they be helping and energizing people who may choose to be staying in companies, but still want to get that wonderful zest and creativity and innovation that comes from working on the outside, right? And then how can some of my folks who are entrepreneurs, who are desperately trying to get clients, some of whom are are working in large companies, right? How can they make that connection with them? So that's that's really been the other thread for me, I think, is, is in community building. And just the more that I'm involved, the more I see, like when we build communities that are really inclusive and include people from really diverse experiences, there's huge power in that and a lot of positive things that can happen. Cool. Well, you covered a lot of ground there. Let's back up a little bit. So you wrap up college. Sounds like you went on kind of a, uh, a decade long journey of like various types of international business doing a couple different roles. Is that right? It wasn't really international business. I worked in the nonprofit sector for a little bit at when I was out of school. And then I worked at Barclays Global Investors, which is a financial services company where that's really where I was introduced more to formal, the whole field of training and development, right? Within corporate training and development, which I really enjoyed. And then from there is where I, I quit. This was in 1996 when I was about 30. And I quit and I started consulting two companies for about 10 years. And so it was really starting in Silicon Valley. You know, 
I traveled all over the U.S. and in Europe working inside companies, right, to build teams and do executive coaching and change management. And it was all really energizing, right? But, you know, after I was doing that for a number of years, that's where I really started to notice that there were some people who would pull me aside and say, you know, how did you do it? Like, how did you leave corporate (laughs) and go out on your own? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. You know, I just quit. But it made me start to think about it and realize that there were some unique characteristics of people who just felt like they weren't really a fit anymore, you know, within corporate life, but were pretty scared to, to, you know, to jump over the the bridge and, and make it to entrepreneurship. Yeah. So as these people are coming up to you and it's starting to just kind of resonate like, man, there's, this isn't just one story. This is a lot of stories from a lot of different companies. What are some of those threads that you're beginning to see among people of like, you know what, the more stories I hear, the more this and this and this keeps coming up? Yeah, I think there were some people who just always felt like they had made decisions about their career similar to that line of questioning you were asking me, right? They might have been at a certain, they might have had some adventure in their youth or in college. And then for some of them, they just begin to think, you know what, I need to just make a decision and I need to just jump into a career, you know, something that sounds respectable and something that sounds good. And either they decided it or professors helped them or parents, but many people just kind of fell or stumbled into a career for many of whom where they ended up being quite successful financially and performance wise, but there was never any conscious focus, right? They didn't really understand themselves and look at their skills and strengths and say, this is the field in which I can make the greatest contribution. They said, this is a way that I can make a really decent living and have my friends and family admire me because I'm making a smart, <laughs> sure. you know, wise decision. So there's, you know, a lot of people that just felt like they wake up at a certain age, like, how did I get here? You know, I didn't, this was not necessarily what I desired to do. And I really feel like I want to do something different. So that's one whole class of people I find that didn't ever really intentionally want to step into full-time their entire life corporate employment or to be in their particular field. And so they decide they want to do something different. And sometimes through that process of exploration, some find that they want to just move to a different field within a corporate environment and other people find they want to go out on their own. There's a whole other group of people I found that were more looking for flexibility, right? To have more time and flexibility so they could really manage their time and they could spend more time with family or be focusing on activities the way that they wanted to without feeling like they needed to necessarily be going to an office, you know, every day, day in and day out. And interestingly, a lot of folks that I've worked with in that arena, a big percentage of some of those folks end up, you know, working sometimes as a freelancer or as a contractor, sometimes for their old company, but yet having much more freedom and flexibility in how it is that they work, which is really the main thing they were looking at, right? Other people do something that's a total 180, right? They were an accountant and they start to create apps or something, you know, like there definitely are people who do something radically different, but each person I think is motivated by a different reason. You know, some people want to strike it rich and those are usually not people. If that's the only motivation, that's usually not a great fit for me (laughs) client wise because striking it rich is fantastic. But if that's your only objective, you know, in some ways there's easier ways to strike it rich than just quitting your job and hoping that you're going to be that, you know, creator of Minecraft that sells it to Microsoft for $2.5 billion like just happened yesterday. Yeah, woulda, coulda, shoulda. So for, (laughs) for people that may be listening, I know a lot of people that listen to this who just feel like they're 
they're right on that fence line. They see you on the other side of the prison fence, so to speak. And they're like, man, I, I want to get over there. I have this fuzzy, you know, somewhat unclear idea of what I want to do. I'm just having a difficult time making the leap. How does someone just build up that, that courage and that strength to just take that leap knowing that there are no guarantees. You're not guaranteed squat. You may try something. It may be a a massive success. It may be an epic failure, but you don't know unless you try. So how do you build some of that strength and confidence just to take some of those next steps? You get the strength and confidence by taking the next steps, by taking tiny little steps. That's actually how it comes. So it's it's rare. It's often a converse situation where if you're just sitting back hoping that you can work up enough courage in order to do it and that you just meditate and visualize and listen to Tony Robbins and get all motivated that somehow it's going to magically happen, sometimes that actually will start to increase your anxiety because you're not actually doing anything to really test and see if it's a direction that you want to go. And I think there's a natural very prudent reaction by our lizard brain whenever we're thinking of doing something where we may be giving up our predictable source of food and shelter, right? Which is to freak out and tell us that we're totally crazy, you know, and and where we get a lot of anxiety. And so if you're not actually doing anything to prove to your inner lizard brain that you're not just giving everything up with no plan, right? And that actually you are testing out to see if, if there really is viability in your idea before you quit your stable job, then that's the thing that actually ends up reducing your anxiety. You know, it definitely, for every person who's done it, there's that moment, right? Some people watch Jerry Maguire and they're like, forget it. You know, other people like lose somebody dear to them or they read a motive inspirational blog post and they're like, this is it, right? I mean, we all have like that moment in which you begin to take that first step and that first action. But what I always encourage people to think of is your first step is not to quit, right? That's your 150th step. (laughs) Your first step is to say, I am going to take this extremely seriously and I'm going to begin to break this plan down and take specific action, right? Figure out what I want to do create a prototype for it, you know, test it out in the market, learn about entrepreneurship, gain specific skills. And that those are the things then that will eventually lead you to a point where you see if it is a wise decision for you to make to quit or not. So when you are having these conversations with these people that are pulling you aside and they're having these little hushed tone whisper chats of going, I just don't know if this is right and I got to figure out how to get out of this. I think there's a lot of people that may be listening to this who've gone, you know, I'm having people that are asking me, not necessarily like, how do I leave my job? But they're, they're asking me about something, you know, and some type of thing. And I'm noticing some type of need here from enough people saying something or enough of this, this situation that keeps popping up on my radar. What were some of your next steps then to say, okay, how do I take this thing that I'm noticing that's popping up on my radar frequently and actually turn it into some type of job, business, career? It's all about the plan. It just, everything comes down to how it is that you're really scoping this out as a project, right? Start a project. You scope it out. You decide what is it that you're actually going after? What's the timeline? What are the resources required, right? Do a SWOT analysis. What are your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats? What kind of information do you need, you know, in order to get it done? And then you actually begin to to execute that that project. That's the thing that that really makes it real is moving from just having a particular dream, you know, like what I said when my first book, Escape from Cubicle Nation, came out. 
you know, I said in it that hating your job intensely is not a business plan, yeah. <laughs> right? It's not a plan sure. to say, I hate my job. I need to get out of here. That, that is not, has nothing to do with what's going to make you successful in the market at all. A viable business is made up of a great idea that is extremely well executed, right? With consistency and daily discipline and slowly building up a connection to the market and right building great products or services and selling a lot of them and having all the skills and capacity in order to do that well that's what's going to make a business happen but everything starts with it as a twinkle in your eye right that's how it was for me when i when i mean when i quit my job i quit my job because in 1996, because I was just tired, you know, I got pneumonia, I had turned 30, you know, as I said, I had been a volunteer executive director for 10 years for this martial arts organization. So I was working all the time during the day. And then I'd run directly at night to the studio, I was teaching or taking 17 classes a week, right, we would perform all weekend, I was writing grant proposals, it was, it was a lot of work. And so at that point, I just wanted to, I just wanted a break. Just needed a nap. I didn't really, yeah, exactly. (laughs) A big, long nap, which is basically what I did. And I wasn't really thinking about what was next. And then I just approached my old manager who was, had then moved on to Hewlett Packard. And I said, I can't really find a job that I, I like right now. Could I just maybe do some contract work for you? You know, and so once I fell into that is when I realized that I actually love to work independently, you know, as a contractor um, and a consultant. But when I started Escape, that was more of a vision. Like, that's how it starts with a lot of people. Like, man, I just have this idea. Like, this is such a cool thing. So that's wonderful. And you want to roll it around in your head, right? And then you can just get to that moment where you say, you know what? Like, now's the time in which I just want to start to take some action on this. And so that's when getting really pragmatic and scoping it out as a project that has specific milestones and, and a timeline and everything is what's actually going to begin to get you out there. And the nice thing about that is if you're just doing it in those small steps, it can reduce some anxiety because you don't have to, you know, all that you're doing is you're testing the hypothesis that A, you actually do want to work for yourself full time, as opposed to the fact that you just need a nap, right? Or maybe a career change. (laughs) And B, is that you can just see, you know, if it makes sense, you can see if you like doing it while you do it, what's your skill, what's your capacity, and you're just testing the hypothesis. So I would always tell my clients that a great outcome of the work that we did together around Escape from Cubicle Nation was either that we launched a viable business that made them happy, or we examined the entire process and tested it to the point where they realized that actually the best fit for them would be maybe to change their situation within a corporate job so they could be much happier, right? And get a situation that was more supportive of what they wanted. That's really the ultimate goal, is that you find the right work mode that allows you the support in order to do the kind of work that you really want to do. Yeah, I think there's a great point there that sometimes people, they start down a path thinking, I think this is what I want to do, or I feel like this is my next step. And then they get into it and realize, ah, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I hoped it to be. And they feel like it's a failure. It's like, no, 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 it's not a failure at all. Because you're, you're getting one step closer, though, to what it is that, that you want to do, and maybe what is the right type of fit. So for someone that may be listening to this going, okay, I'm not really sure if I'm just tired and I need a nap, or I need to find a completely different job job or a different department, or I just, I want to keep doing this work, but I want more autonomy or I want to do my own thing as an entrepreneur. What are some of those next steps that maybe they can take to start to kind of hone in a little better on what's the best environment for them? Yeah, I think the first thing is just, you know, stopping for a minute and and like really taking some time to do the reflection where you can really look at what is important to you, right? What are the skills and the strengths that you have? I might, uh, 
book body of work that came out in December kind of addresses that issue, right? The early stages are more about self-reflection. Like, what am I looking for? What am I missing? What's important to me? What kind of work is really exciting? What's important to me in terms of the kind of people I have around me? And so first, you want to do that kind of exploration to figure out what is the thing that's really getting after me? Am I just working too much? Do I not really like the you know nature of the team that I'm working with? Am I doing the wrong kind of stuff? And, and do some reflection. For some people, that's when they choose to work with a career coach or something, right? To kind of have somebody as a guide to go through that experience with. And then from there is where you can start to see some trends, right? Either you figure out, gosh, you know, I think I'm really just totally in the wrong place. Like no matter, you know, no wonder I feel miserable because I'm not in the right job or I'm not in the right career or field. And then that's when you can begin to say, okay, you know, what are the steps to make it happen? For often for people when they go down the business path, you know, maybe you have four or five different business ideas, right? You kind of think, you know, maybe I could do this or I could do that. And so the early stage of what you're doing is just like getting more information, gathering information, testing and trying, right? Seeing what resonates with the market, talking to everybody you can think about. And what's really important that I think was a total game changer for me when I moved from being a consultant to corporations to to the work that I did in startup coaching was being really clear about creating a new circle of mentors and peers and collaborators around me. That is absolutely critical. If you've grown up and all the friends that you know are all within the corporate environment and you want to do something around entrepreneurship, you have to begin to connect with people who are actually doing it. It's really, really important. It sounds like almost something similar to what happened for you when you went to Switzerland. I get out of my normal surroundings is what I'm used to. My whole world is just opened up to this whole nother, all these new possibilities and opportunities that I just, I didn't know were available. And that's, that's so true that you start getting around people that are doing something similar. And it's like, I didn't even know that was an option. Like up, you know, as a, today, I've, for the past several years, I've made my living as a, as primarily as a speaker and speak at, you know, 50, 60 events a year, primarily with high school college students. And it wasn't, you know, a couple years before that, before I got started, I didn't even know it was an option. Like that wasn't on the menu of choices. And then you meet someone who's like, you, you make a living doing that. And even today, you know, doing this podcast, that's part of the idea behind it was so many people just kept asking, how did you get into that? And it wasn't always necessarily that people wanted to become a speaker as much as people were like, that's just fascinating. You're doing something that wasn't on the menu. That's fascinating. You help someone find and do work that they love or that you are an author or that you you know, we've interviewed people, a guy that was a lawyer who then left his law practice at the top of his peak of his game and became a chocolatier and started a chocolate factory. And it's like, is that an option? I didn't see that on my menu anywhere. So just helping people realize once you're around that, it just, it changes just your mindset of what is, what is possible for you. Exactly. Exactly. So you are, you're helping people uh, make that transition, but then you're also realizing that you know, at the same time, there's a lot of great companies out there and a lot of people that are just wired to be really, really good employees. So tell us more about your work today of what you're doing to help people find their right fit, maybe within, maybe not necessarily doing their own thing, but maybe just working within a company or an organization. Yeah. I mean, I think to me, what what's really a mission that I'm totally fired up about is, is really around how it is that we can all be indispensable, you know, like in this world that's always changing with different career paths and the market shifting and all of that changes happening in our business. What are those skills that we can develop internally 
that are just going to make us indispensable and highly flexible. And I think that there's a specific set of skills that are different from the ones that we needed to do before. And some of them we've been talking about, right? Whether you're an entrepreneur or not, you have to know how to go in and create and ship a project right away, right? You go into an organization, you're a new hire, maybe you're, you know, early on in your career, you're really going to be known by your work, by what it is that you can get done, right? And not necessarily like in the olden days, you know, back when I started where (laughs) you might've had a more structured mentoring path, right? People got a little bit more of a ramp of time where people had the time and energy to be mentoring new people as they came into the company, right? There were more structured plans. Now, a lot about it is, you know, getting in there and showing up and being able to create something and deliver it, make it happen, really be creative about, you know, how you get things done. So to me, what's really exciting about this new work is in working on a couple different levels. On one hand, working with companies to help them better understand the workforce of today, right? Like you don't have to be afraid if people have career aspirations. You don't have to be afraid if people might have entrepreneurial aspirations within your company, right? We have to create really great work contracts with each other so that when you're hired to do a job as an employee, you're doing that job right? When you hire somebody, it's fully reasonable that you expect that they're going to be fulfilling their obligations and working for you. But if we can also understand in a a bigger picture that because things are unstable and you can't guarantee employment forever, that it's actually going to be to everybody's benefit if you are paying attention to the person you're managing. And if they do, after a couple of years of working with you, end up having entrepreneurial aspirations, maybe they're going to leave and yet they're still going to feel so good about the time that they spent at your company that they're going to be sending customers your way. They're going to be sending their friends who are totally ready to be employees at that time. So there's kind of a fun level of work that I'm doing more on the the keynote speaking side, which is really talking about this new world of work and how do we all need to be thinking about it differently for companies as well as individuals. Yeah, and, you, and then I think on the end, so anyway, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, you kind of alluded to that earlier of the uh, of you personally feeling like you kind of go through these like five to seven year periods where it's like you're really, really into something and then it just kind of runs its course. It's not a bad thing at all. It's just kind of that thing, that season came and it went and now I've moved on to something different. And, and so I think the idea of people uh, uh, finding one thing that they have to do and that's their career path for the next 30, 40, 50 years is just less and less realistic today because we're all these people that 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 have a bunch of different interests and a bunch of different passions and hobbies and things that we're good at and just different phases and seasons of life that draws towards one thing more so than another. So being able to take some of the pressure off of feeling like I can do this for you know three, five, seven years and then if it runs its course, great. I'll find something different without feeling like I need to make one decision now and that's going to determine the next 30 years of my life. Exactly. And, and it's what, you know, I often fondly say, it's like, what can create a mafia culture? And this is for everybody. <laughs> like, we, we can have that within entrepreneurship, too, right? Of like, we're all awesome, and we're cool and creative. And then if you end up leaving your job to go back to work for somebody else that you've sold out, right, you've totally sold out, you're out of the club, you know, that's what happens. The same thing can happen, where you can be working with somebody where, you know, they're a very valuable member of your team, and they really help your company grow. But then as soon as 
they leave, they can be vilified, right? We don't need to do that anymore <laughs> because the world is so interconnected with, you know, customers and you know, social media and the way our brands are that if you're really looking at just building those strong relationships with people over time, I've seen time and time and time again, right? Where when you just treat people in that good, open, supportive way, again, with everybody living up to their agreements, right? It's not like you know that you're only going to take a job for three months, like only so you can be working on your side thing and then quit and leave somebody hanging. You know, I mean, everybody needs to be living up to their agreements. But if we are able to be more supportive, like that is awesome. You know, I know you've been working on your own grant, but this sounds like an amazing opportunity, you know, and I know that having a regular paycheck and benefits is going to be such a relief to you. And it means you actually get paid vacation off and you can leave as opposed to like working all the time, you yeah. know, as an entrepreneur. Like if we if we were to be supportive of each other in that way, that's where we begin to see this cross connection between work modes. We're all helping each other. A certain sector of the economy goes down and another sector reaches in and says, hey, let me help. Let me help you build new skills. Look, we have jobs over here. This is a way we can work together. And that's something that just makes me massively passionate. And I think because I've seen into all these different windows of our economy, the nonprofit sector, the corporate sector, small, mid-sized business, total bootstrap startup, I, I see where we have these commonalities. You know, I see ways in which we're, we're more alike than we're different. Very much so. Very, very uh, well said. So that about puts a bow on things here. So I know you've got two great books that I think really fit well for our audience. Give us a quick snapshot on those books. My first book was Escape from Cubicle Nation, which came out in 2009 and has just been a wonderful addition to my own body of work. So if anybody is one of those profiles of somebody who has always felt like you want to work for yourself and you want to leave your corporate job, it really lays out the way to do it. And my brand new book, which is called Body of Work, Finding the Thread that Ties Your Story Together, just came out in December, December 31st of uh, 2013. And that's really just a bigger picture book. I find a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to it, but also people who are employees. And this is really laying out those skills that we all need to build in order to be indispensable in the new world of work, no matter what kind of work mode that we choose. Indeed. Very good. And so for people that want to check out more of, of what you do and want to uh, follow you or stalk you online, where can we go? You can go to PamelaSlim.com, so my name, which I think you'll have in the notes, .com, and uh, there you can find all my social profiles to connect with on Twitter and Facebook, and I'd love it if folks want to jump on my mailing list where you can be aware of what's going on and programs that I'm offering, and I'm often touring around speaking like you are, so if I'm in your part of town, I'd love to get together. Cool. Excellent. Well, Pam, thank you so much for the uh, the time and people listen. Stop by. You check out Pam's stuff. Check out the books, Body of Work and Escape from Cubicle Nation. Both phenomenal books that I know will be uh, beneficial and helpful on your journey to find and do work you love. So Pam, appreciate the opportunity to chat and uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Boom. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that uh, that chat with Pam Slim today. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Hey, as always, make sure that you stop by. You can the website, grantbaldon.com slash Pam Slim. Uh, you can check out the show notes, links, everything that we discussed today. It's all going to be there. Anytime you just want to get a quick summary of a show, maybe even before you uh, you listen to a show, maybe you just want to check it out, get it out, see if it's a fit for you. You can always check that out at uh, grantbaldon.com and uh, take a peek at what all the episodes are about. Quick summary there. So check that out again, grantbaldon.com slash Pam Slim. 
Hey, as always, too, I'll make sure that you stop by. You check out Pam's stuff. Uh, her book, Escape from Cubicle Nation, really, really good book, as well as her latest book, A Body of Work. So I would encourage you to check those out. Support the, the people that we have on the show and uh, stop by, check out their work, what it is that they're doing. I wouldn't be bringing you people if, if uh, I didn't think that they had some value to offer you, some things that you could uh, really think about and, uh, and consider. So, uh, hey, again, I really appreciate you uh, listening to the show. It really, really means a lot. I've really been enjoying doing these, these episodes and these interviews. In fact, I'm recording this on a, a Monday morning at, at, at this at this moment, yes. And I'm always reminded of how many people just live life where it's like, thank God it's Friday to, oh God, it's Monday. And they just live life like that, like week after week, after month, after month, year after year. And I'm someone, I, I, maybe I'm just weird. I look forward to Sunday nights. I look forward to Monday mornings. I look forward to a fresh week, a new week. And so I think that's always a good, just kind of a barometer to figure out if you really enjoy your work. When you wake up on Monday mornings, when you wake up this morning, are, are you feeling energized? Are you looking forward to the day? Or are you tired? Are you drained? Are you worn out? Are you spent? Are you ready to just check out and move on to something different? And we all have those seasons where even if you, you enjoy what you do, you just feel tired and you just need a, a vacation, you need a little breather, need to stop and just catch your breath. That's fine. But be able to tell the difference there between a time where it's like, man, I'm just tired and I, I could really just use a nap right now versus I really need to find something different. And I'm I'm tired of just going through the motions. And so ask yourself, do you look forward or do you dread Monday mornings? I think that's always a, a great gauge. You know, one of the biggest things that we hear from people, uh, listeners and readers, people that email us and reach out to us, one of the things that they so many people struggle with is this issue of clarity. Like so many people are like, man, I would, I know what I'm doing is not it. I know it's the thing that I, I don't want to be doing long term. I just don't know what the next thing is. And so some people struggle with, I've, I've got 47 different ideas and no idea what I want to do. Or, and some people are like, I, I just, I have zero ideas. I just know what I'm doing is not the next thing for me. And so we've been working, we've been putting together this, uh, some, some just information and, and teaching and training on this subject of clarity. And we've been working with a, a group of people, just this, this test group who's been going through this material we've been creating and really just experiencing some great breakthroughs. So many people are like, man, I'm learning so much about myself. I feel like I'm starting to gain some clarity and some traction on what it is that I want to be doing instead of what I'm currently doing. And so it's this course that we've been putting together that called Clarity Course. I'm really, really excited about this. This is something we've been working on for several months. This is going to be ready towards the end of the year, and I'm going to be able to share more with you at that time. But I just want to give you a heads up that, hey, if you're someone that's just, you're dreading Mondays and you're just like, I just hate, I hate going to the office. I hate my commute. I hate the life that I'm living right now. And you know that there's something different, something better, something more that you are capable of. I just say that to encourage you. We've, we've got something coming. We've got something we're working on. And I know that these uh, these interviews and some of the blog posts that we put up, I know some of these can, can inspire you and encourage you. But at the same time, I think it's important to have some like tactical, practical tips and strategies, some things that can really cause you to do some deep soul searching and digging to figure out what it is that you were put on this planet to do. So we want to help you on that journey. So uh, be uh, on the lookout for that in the coming months. Uh, as always, uh, make sure that you uh, email us if we can do anything to help you on your journey to find and do work you love, you can email me at grant to grantbaldwin.com. Feel free to tweet me on the Twitter at Grant Baldwin. Always love hearing from you. And uh, I really, I just genuinely want to help you do work that you love. Life is too short to do something you hate. So anything that I can do to help you, I'm in. So you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you again real soon. Peace. 
Thanks for listening to the How Did You Get Into That podcast with Grant Baldwin. Don't forget to visit grantbaldwin.com for all the show notes and links discussed in today's episode. We'll see you next time.